I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. have with me here today, Jim Carlisle. He is, um, well, he's become a friend of mine, first of all, and uh, I'll let him tell you more about himself, but he's, uh, I know him, met him as a attorney extraordinaire, but he also is the owner of multiple businesses and real estate and entrepreneur at heart, um, partner in his law firm and all kinds of cool stuff he's up to. He's a, definitely a busy guy, uh, and I'm so excited to chat with him today. So welcome, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit more. Um, tell my audience, as you know, we've got a lot of um, entrepreneurs and business owners, solopreneurs, but also uh, managers and just people who have all sorts of jobs or have dreams about different things. Uh, and you have had a very, a very, you know, uh, a variety of things you've done in your career to date and that you still do. You are, uh, definitely have your fingers in a lot of different you know, places right now. So tell them a little bit more about your background and what you're up to these days, but also what got you here. Happy to. So I am in my mid fifties now and I'm a lawyer. I've been practicing law for 31 years and I have a unique practice of the law that it's helping people grow and then exit their businesses. So I usually help them five to seven years before they exit to get everything in order, to get it structured just right. And then I help them to do the deal. And then I help them move on with their life after they do do the deal. So I've always been very, very interested in business. So when I went into law, I went as far in the legal spectrum to business as I could. So I really live the lives of my clients and I take it to heart what their outcomes are. And I, ha and I have a lot of satisfaction in the impact that I can have in helping them achieve their exits. So that's what I do as a career, but on the side, I've always found side pursuits that I've enjoyed investing in. And part of that's been commercial and residential real estate. And then other parts have been related to sports and athletics and wellness. So I have a few multi-sports facilities that I own. And I've always found that if I'm going to take the time to do additional activities outside of my work that are business related, I better make sure that I enjoy them. So my current focus is a facility that has basketball, volleyball, I love all that stuff, an athlete recovery center that has cold tubs and hot tubs and chiropractors and things like that that I really enjoy 
So I try to make the most out of the side activities, but I um, have always found a challenge that I'm always electing into being busy because I really enjoy and want to do so much. But finding the balance has been a challenge, which is why I've been drawn to your curriculum. And well, I know you, you're an avid reader. I mean, you're, and you, I think you do it similar to I do too, multitasking, listening, or reading things while doing, you know, while doing another activity, for instance, at the gym or whatnot. But, um, but still, I know you've, you've, you've done a lot over the years with that, you know, what kind of, um, tell us a little bit about that with your, that you've been drawn to over, over time. Yeah, so I've been lucky in the with the with the firms that I've been with. There's been a big investment in me and in personal development over the decades. So I've gone through many different types of training through my firm, outside of my firm. I've always been looking for personal growth and efficiencies. And I'm the type of person that um, works, then works out, and then on the way between things, I'm listening to po podcasts and things that I think will further enrich my mind. And I try to squeeze as much as I can out of each day. And usually when I fall asleep, it's almost like I give in to the inevitable because I I try still to squeeze even at the end of the day and then the end must come to each day and it, it comes. But there's so much I wanna do um, and still wanna do that it's a challenge to fit everything in. I think you and I definitely have that in common and to back up and tell the audience, so our listeners, um, you know, I've been working with Jim uh, for a couple of years now in different ways and his firm and different types of things because his firm does more than than what he just covered too. So there's a lot of different things like setting up my business um, as a legal entity a few years back and different things like that too. And but in the process, we really um, had a, some great opportunities to get to know each other a bit. And uh, I would say that we definitely have that in common. That for us, it's very fulfilling to be active and busy in our lives and in our business endeavors. And it's very stimulating for our brains. And I, I think that neither one of us could sit still for very long and that's okay. You know, like one of the things that I'm um, wanting to make sure everyone knows is that, you know, being busy isn't necessarily bad. It's just that when you feel that busy, 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 that, that kind of has the negative connotation that is kind of common in our culture around the word, and you feel like you are that on the hamster wheel or that busy bee or worker bee and it doesn't and you feel busy internally in that, uh, you know, not uncomfortable space. That's what I want people to shift. Having a lot going on in your life and having a lot of interests is not anything bad. I mean, none of this is bad or good. It's all about what brings us fulfillment and joy in our own ways and where do we feel centered and grounded? Like if we're starting to have anxiety and panic and stuff doing a certain mixture of things, that's not a good way to go. And yet we could be equally busy doing a different mixture of things and feel complete satisfaction and feel calm and fluid through it all. So, um, you know, it's like, I just can't imagine myself sitting still very much and not doing a lot. And yet it's making sure that I make the time for the exercise and stuff. Now that's something I know you've been really good at. So how do you carve out time for your, for your health? Because I know that you do make that a priority. You know, I, I probably look back to my father was a, a fitness fanatic my whole life. 
and I saw that as an example, and it's ingrained in me. So I have this internal barometer that tells me when I'm not exercising, and I must, like it's just part of who I am and what I have to do, or I don't feel right. So I get some form of exercise every day and different levels of challenge, different assortments of things that I do. But um, it goes from Peloton treadmill, Peloton bike, to um, Pilates classes, to CrossFit classes, to running outside, to playing tennis, to playing basketball. I try to mix a variety of things in all around in, in a predictable way, a way that I select into, but it's many different activities. So the days might be the same each week, but they're different things each day. So I just need to do that. It's a way that I find that I can relieve stress and it makes me feel normal. And the abnormal state is not exercising where it increases my anxiety not to exercise. So I have to do something every day. Um, that's just the way I'm wired at this point. Yeah. And well, and you, but you've been dedicated to it. So my husband, Don has been that way ever since I've known him, which is, um, over, uh, what, 27 years now, I think we're at, or 28, something along there with knowing each other. And he, he's always been consistent. I mean, f at least five days a week, if not six or seven, and even through his dental school, his master's, all of these things. And I think you've been that way too. I mean, you've, right? Yeah. You're nodding your head. So how, for me though, it does make me feel better. And yet I really, I've, I've gone in stages and this last year I've got back into a, well, actually the most healthy routine I've, I've found uh, myself in, in many years. Um, and, uh, so, you know, there is a, there's something in you that chose that as a priority though. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that have that anxiety and that stuff going on and they just live with it. So even though you feel like it's something you have to do, you know, there's something in you that's made you choose that as a priority over, over the discomfort, over the, you know, what I mean? there's, well, there is something there. Well, until COVID hit, I did this routine for 25, 30 years where I would get up every day. I was, I was very regimented on my schedule. So I'd get up every day at 440. I'd leave the office at like, or leave my home to go to my office at about 530. I'd get to my office by 6 AM and I'd work till about 11 AM. And then I'd go work out at a local fitness club in downtown Pittsburgh. And they had all kinds of classes, athletic trainers, basketball, different things I enjoyed. So I'd do something for two, two and a half hours every day. So 11 until 1, 1 1.30, um, I would work out every single day. And then I'd come back and 1.30 until 6 or 6.30, I would do my second shift and then I'd come home. And what I found was I'd come in the morning, I would do my most important deep work in the morning. I'd wrap that up by 11 and all morning I'm looking forward to going to the gym. That's the break that I'm looking forward to. So it comes to be 11. Everybody in my office understood it's 11. He's walking out the door. So I'd be in the middle of a million things. It's 11. It, I am out the door as if I am for any appointment. And out I'd go. Go work out. I'd come back. And I would be energized for my second session because the exercise made it like almost a complete break and cleansing. So then mm -hmm. when I jumped into the second shift, I had a fresh mind. I was active. I'd usually have a bar or a, or a salad or something as I was working, 
while I was working, starting at my second shift, but I wouldn't stop for that. And I had no lag in energy. And I found that break was just what I needed so that I could have high intensity through the rest of the day. So I did that for 25 years, um, maybe longer, maybe it was more like 30 years, but that was my routine. So that fixated routine, you know, could I have left at 4.45 some days or woke up at 4.45 instead of 4.40? Sure, but I couldn't. Like I always told my wife, there's a fine line between um, good habits and mental illness and where I am, it just depends on the day, you know, on that line, because I needed to do things the way that I had them set up. And those healthy habits were so compulsive that that was the way, you know, I couldn't change them. So I, I wouldn't change them. So the times I left, the things I did were fixed and they made me be efficient for a career that led to great success because that predictable rhythm of work um, led to being more efficient and more productive than most. Um, but on the other hand, my wife would say, why can't you just take the morning off this morning? Well, I just can't because that's not who I am and what I do. So I've learned to relax that a little bit, a little bit post COVID um, because now I'm in a rhythm of working from home and being more flexible with my schedule, but it served me well, but you know, there's downsides to that as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, you, you mentioned it a few times in different ways, but that this is something that you found works for you and makes you feel better. So um, for me, I actually found in this last year or so that not having a set time to wake up is best for me. I tend to fluctuate and wake up pretty darn early. So it's not about an issue of worried I'm going to miss anything. And if there is something like a flight, I, I schedule an alarm just in case. But it, having that flexibility actually has made me better. So, you know, I think it's it's always fascinating to see how people find their different way because some people need more structure around certain things and some people need less. Now, however, I do need structure around the workouts, which is why I've got a set thing now with basically I work out with Don at the end of the day when he comes home and it was his set time, but finally now I'm joining him and I, and I'm and he's essentially training me. I'm just like, I don't want to think, just tell me what to do. I, I just want to come in here and chat with you while I do this, but make sure I get a workout and stay healthy and, and, um, and get more in shape, which has been great. But I did need to put that, um, to be very rigid. I, you know, I definitely, um, so then how you are, you've got all these things going on. I know. How do you like when, if you look back, when was a time that you can think of where you, maybe things got out of balance for you, like really felt out of balance, like, or what is balance? Let's back up actually. What does balance mean to you? Like, when do you feel balanced versus not balanced? I know that you mentioned the exercise is one thing that contributes to feeling better, but you know, in a given day, in a given week, like, what do you, what does that mean to you? So for me, when, when I'm on a roll and I feel most efficient, most productive and in a flow state across all parameters, it relates to exercise. It relates to eating habits, relationships. And for me, relationships have mostly been my, my family and also work. So when all of those things are clicking, that's when I feel most in balance. 
And sometimes, you know, it, it's a trade-off. You can't, like I've found, I can't do it all. So I almost have to cycle between certain things to pay more attention in a conscious effort to catch up. And then something else will suffer because there just isn't enough time to cover all those bases as well as I would like, the standard that I'd like to achieve. But I feel my best when I'm doing all of those things as well as I can do them. And when that relates to activities, I find that when I'm engaged in daily meditation, that helps me a lot. And when I'm doing my best, I would come to work and I would do 10 minutes of guided meditation after I got to work, before I started into my work. And that made a big difference for me. It cleared my mind. It caused me to be able to do my deep work in a more focused manner. So that was really helpful. And the other thing that is added to the mix that's been optional to me has been like a weekly yoga class. Mm -hmm. And I find, I used to really enjoy that. I find it very challenging now. It's a hot yoga class with people that are all decades younger than me and I'm the oldest guy and I struggle to keep up and it's hard for me to do, but I feel great afterwards. And I was doing really well. And then the instructor went on a retreat for like three weeks and then I got out of going and now I haven't been going back. So I have to get myself to go back, but um, it's not, I know it's good for me and it's the right thing to do, but it's not necessarily something that I'm enjoying until I'm in the role of that right now. So I have to get back to that. But when I'm doing all those things, when I'm doing the meditation, the yoga, the exercise, I'm keeping touch with my family and staying close with them and I'm eating well. And on the eating side, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for 35 years, um, but you can be an unhealthy vegetarian. So I can eat well the, the lunch and up to dinner. I do fine. My wife makes a great dinner. So I do fine there too. Um, but then after dinner determines my day. So if I'm drawn to the bad snacks or to ice cream or something like that, which I love ice cream, um, if I'm drawn to that stuff, it blows the day. But if I can get through the after dinner period without doing something stupid, then I've had a good eating day. Well, but is it always stupid? I mean, <laughs> you want to live a little, right? That's true. So I'm noticing a theme. Well, and I already knew this about you too. Um, you know, when you say yoga, I'm like, oh, I love yoga too. But then you said hot yoga and really hard and this whole thing. And, um, and I'm actually like, my favorite yoga is a very mellow therapeutic yoga. So um, they're definitely, it seems you are drawn to a lot of intense, you know, like you, 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 from what I know about you, you don't do things at a lower notch, very frequently. Is that, would you say that's fair? I mean, but so when you, the yoga, the exercise and stuff, do you, you know, are they more on the intense side? Do you ever? Yeah, they are. I, I think with me, like I, time is precious. So if I'm going to take, you know, the yoga class is like a 90 minute class. And if I'm going to take 90 minutes, I'm going to go and I better, it better be a challenge. It better be, you know, something really um, worthwhile to me or else I can't make the time to do it. And so I want to be beat up and then I want to leave feeling proud and feeling good about what I did. 
And some days I go there and I can't keep up and I do the best I can. But if I do the best I can, I still feel good about myself because at least I did the best I can. Like I'm not measuring myself against the other people. I'm measuring myself against myself and, and my standard of how well I can do. So if I try hard, I do the best I can. I get as much out of that time. I'll feel good. If I feel like I wasted time by going there and doing it halfway, then I'll feel like I cut myself short and didn't make the most out of the time. And I've got many other things screaming for that time. So if I'm not going to do it right, I shouldn't do it at all. I should do one of the other activities. And when you say right, I'm assuming you mean like right for you, the right. the like yeah. the the way you like you said you're competing with yourself, and yes. how you want to show up. So um, so then wh when this uh, when this relates and thinking about all the businesses and the the things you've got going on with all of that, um, well actually I, I'm I'm even curious like what's What's the most fun for you when it comes to all the different things you're involved with professionally? Well, I tell my team here at, at Dinsmore, the law firm that I'm at, I'll tell them that, you know, every day we come into work and we're working on a growth plan for a client. This is another deal that we do. So we do deals every day for years, for decades, but this is that client's biggest deal of their life. I mean, so it every day is somebody's Super Bowl. So if you're not going to get revved up and excited and invigorated to come work on that client's project, you're in the wrong field. So I honestly feel very fortunate that I think I'm doing the most interesting, impactful thing that I know of that I could be doing. So when I come in, I come in a ball of energy, excited and passionate to work on my client's interest. And I know I'm affecting their retirements, the legacy, the financial rewards they're going to be able to pass on to their future generations. And it's a big deal. So I'm excited and proud to be doing that. And I'm excited to have a team at Dinsmore of similarly minded people that do that because every day is exciting. So I love that stuff. Like I truly love the work that I do every day. Um, yeah, on the business side, they're all like things that are very good for the community and good for the participants. So our multi-sports facility does a lot of good things for youth in volleyball, basketball, different sports activities, and it gives people a channel that they don't always have that I didn't have as a kid. So when I go in, I look and I say, let's have these leagues and different things. And I want them to be these types of things for the kids. They're things that I still enjoy, but I wish I had more of when I was growing up. So I love those activities too. I just wish I had more time to do all those things because I really do enjoy the things I select to spend my time on. It's just every hour there is an hour that isn't available to keep those other aspects of my life in order for where I'd like them to be. And on, on the first part that you talked about how much you enjoy and how how seriously you take what you do and you want your team to take it too. You know, I, you, that is absolutely the way you've always showed up um, since I've known you. And, um, you know, when Jim and I met, we happened to hit it off and I was going through some things at the time and we happened to chat because he's, I, I, the way you, you are with people, you are, um, you can show up as your own, as a mentor, as a coach, uh, as a guide in your own right. And um, you really were that way for me many a time um, as we chatted about different things in life. And it was, uh, I, I loved that 
at the end of the day, uh, you clearly put out there that you value what makes people brings people joy. Like at the like, like what brings true health and happiness. That's that's the most important thing, and that's that is I think um, one of the clear values that I've seen you exhibit as in your profession and as a friend. And I think that's, you show that and you model that in your own life. And um, so I just wanted to, to share that with the audience because there's, it, you're, you're really a special human being and being able to show up that way. And just, I don't know, I, you, it feels like you've, you know, learned over the years what really matters and you've been able to then express that to others and help guide them in times when they should happen to cross paths with you. Well, I, I really appreciate those words. That means a lot to me. Um, the, the thing with the exit planning and the growth planning that I do, I always start trying to find out what the owner's objectives are, because I don't believe that I know what they are. You know, that I, what, how do I know what is most important to them? But it's my job to find out. So when I find out, then it becomes my, my job to help them achieve their objectives. So I had a client recently that they were offered a, an insanely high purchase price for their business from a big New York City um, private equity firm. And they came to me and said, I could take this money and I could do all the things I'd like to do with money. But I have a team that has fought the fight with me and has worked every day with me for a long time and I want to take care of my team. And if I sell to the New York company, they're going to break up the company and these people will not have the same culture and they will not have any certainty with respect to their positions. So I'm really struggling with this, but I think the window's closing. I think multiples are going to start dropping and the economy is going to shift and it's going to become a buyer's market and I have to do a deal. I'm not getting younger. So we walked through the objectives and after some detailed questioning, it became clear these aspects of his legacy and taking care of his team were much more important to him than the dollar amount on the check. So we ended up studying all kinds of other different types of transactions. And he ultimately ended up doing an employee buyout of his company. We considered an ESOP, then we considered an employee buyout and the employees didn't have the money, the liquidity, but he financed it for them. They got some bank, but we did a complicated deal that got him some liquidity at closing, but it was nowhere near the financial outcome he would have achieved in the other deal, but it was right for him. So after I understood that, I helped him to do it. And he was so happy when the deal closed. And he said, I'm going to be able to come by the company, remain friends with all these people until I die. And that's much more important to me than having more zeros in my bank account with money I'll never even use in my lifetime anyways. So that fit his culture. And it was my job to figure that out. And I had another case where a guy was in his late mid nineties. And he said, everybody's telling me to sell my company, my estate planners, my, my wife, her family, everybody, my children, they're all pushing me to sell my company. But if I sell my company, I literally have nothing to do. Like I, there's nothing else that I enjoy. And I told him, don't sell your company. Like it's your prerogative. You don't have to sell your company. So we can come up with a contingency plan 
that takes effect the moment you die. But if you don't want to lose these relationships and lose your position that you've built your whole career, don't. It's your call. People can't make you do this. So that, that was a few years ago, and he's, he's no longer with the company now, but he's stuck in, in there. And I think if he had sold, he would have had days that were empty and he wouldn't have been fulfilled. So that was the right answer for him. So I always figure I'm going to give you objectives and alternatives and you until we figure out what yours is. Then I'm going to shut up about the other ones, and it's my job to help you get those achieved. And if I can do that, then I've had the impact that I want to have, and that's fulfilling to me. That's, I love these stories. And, you know, like the fact that these are the most fulfilling things. And like, I know you've, you have dealt with some very huge, enormous business deals. I mean, multi-millions, I don't know what the cap is that you've, you've ever dealt with, but you know, and, um, and some big companies and even some, you know, notorious companies out there. And yet what means the most to you is not any of those names or dollar signs that you, you know, maybe in your portfolio of deals you did, but the people, That's like right. their lives, their lives is what matters to you. And, um, that's the reason I wanted to have you on the show because you are, um, you, that, that matters to me. And I think that matters to a lot of people out there. And, uh, it's nice to keep finding more, uh, models of that out there in the world that are, you know, business people out wheeling and dealing and shaking things up and making a lot of things happen. But that to hear these stories of, you know, at the end of the day, this is what you're loving and caring about and helping people with. So I love that. Um, so any, if you think back, any, um, any, what do you, what about now? What's, what's next for Jim now? Like, what do you, what do you, if you wish you, you know, could wave a magic wand and have more time for something or feel a little different in your life, you know, what, what would that be? Well, you know, I, I was part of your pilot program, which oh, I yeah, really yeah, busy to balanced. And, and yeah, well, um, I'll uh, actually chime in and just since great segue there, I'll let them know when this goes live, the doors will have just opened for my signature program called busy to balanced. And, um, so it's a limited time to get in only through the upcoming Wednesday, October 5th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So just if you want to check that out, um, go to cherishyourlife.com forward slash yes, and you can check it out and read about it and, and learn more. But Jim was in the pilot. So yeah, share, share with us a little bit about that experience, seeing me in that kind of realm. That was a new, new way of working with me. Well, it was interesting because when you, um, when you were nice enough to grant me access, I was happy to try it. And I, uh, I've always enjoyed our discussions and I really hoped it would be good because I know that it had the potential to be good. And I really hoped that it would be good, but I wasn't <laughs> sure what it would be. But I said, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for sure because I like you so much, but I really got a lot of value out of it. And so again, I'm somebody that's, that's tried and done a lot in the realm of personal development. And one of the biggest things that stuck with me is that it's a conscious effort to try to figure out and to choose what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Because time is our most scarce, 
commodity. We all only have so much of it. So if you just inadvertently keep doing things that keep you busy and you'll get through each day and big chunks will be taken away from you doing things that you wouldn't necessarily prioritize, but you never really gave it a lot of thought. You always do this, so you just keep doing it and you never really evaluated whether it passes the line of what you should continue doing and what you should filter out of your life. Um, that conscious, intentional effort about how to architecture your life was what really hit me. And I found myself, while I was going through the pilot program, talking about it all day. So I'd tell my wife about it. I'd tell my secretary about it at my office. I'd tell my sister about it. And there were themes that, that just stuck with me. And when I really believe in something, like I can't keep it in. So if I really understand it and I believe it, it just kind of oozes out because I want other people to get the revelation that I've been getting. And I instantly thinned my schedule. So I looked at my schedule and there were things I was doing out of, you know, some, some aged sense of obligation that they probably weren't having as much impact with those activities and I shouldn't be doing them anymore. There were areas where I could have more impact or more enjoyment, et cetera. And I cut things out of my schedule that had been on for a long time. And those little changes that you can make each day, little things that you don't enjoy, that weigh you down, that bring unpleasantness into your life, or maybe not as much enjoyment into your life, just being conscious and purposeful, you can change the whole rhythm of your day. So little things like that cumulatively make a big difference. And I made changes through the pilot that I'm still sticking with today that have affected my life. So I, I got a lot of value out of the pilot program. I'm so happy to hear that. I've heard that from multiple people. And it's uh, one gal said it's not a one hit wonder. It was, you know, the results keep showing up. So, um, so thank you for sharing about your experience, Jim. And since the doors just opened uh, just this week, uh, when this drops live, if you're listening to this live, go check it out now and, um, and then see what breakthroughs you can have and work with me. I'm going to, it's going to be a live round in the sense that uh, I'll be doing a live Q&A call with the group for six weeks. And then there's also bonus monthly calls for 10 months after that. So it's a year with me in, you know, having access to me live, which is a very exciting thing because I know that it's not, uh, it's, it's such a journey. I mean, I've done a lot of work and really devoted, like thrown myself into personal development this last 10 years specifically. Um, before that, a lot of therapy. So I had that as per developing myself, but personal development world, different types of things, 10 years, a lot of progress, feel so much better, really enjoy my life. And yet it's, there's still practice, every day is still practice. Every, you know, I, I still look for my own mentors and my own programs and my own things to continue to have me evolve. So, um, so that's why I made it a longer program too of ongoing some ongoing connection and support and different masterclass things I can do each month and answer questions. So pretty excited about it. And I hope everybody goes and checks it out. So um, what do you, if final thoughts, Jim, final thoughts about life, busyness, balance, um, whatever's come into your mind. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that's sticking with me because it's just where I am in life now is I have a I have a daughter who's a senior in college and a son who's a freshman in college. So my wife and I are at home by ourselves for the first time in many years. And we have one dog and um, we had three dogs until recently. Now we have one dog, sadly, but we still have our one dog. 
And for a long time, we didn't travel as much as we would have liked because of actually the dogs were more of a restriction than the kids because we just weren't comfortable having them go various places. So we couldn't find good accommodations for our dogs. So we stayed home. Um, you even, but, I know, stayed home with them and let the family go on a trip. I mean, I just, yes. I commend you for that because I'm such an animal lover. And um, yeah, so Jim actually, you know, said no to the trip and stayed home to take care of the aging doggies. So Yeah, so we, yeah. we have three and we, we have one dog that's 14 now and our other dogs were 15 when they passed. But they both, brother, sister, they both were in and out of being sick. So my wife and I would take turns for like the last two years. No one, the family was never together with the full vacation. So one of us would stay home with the dogs and the, and the other one would go with our kids to go on vacation and we'd take turns doing that. But it's just what we had to do. But, you know, I COVID helped me in a lot of ways, um, a byproduct of my work schedule. So I was on that very fixed schedule I mentioned earlier. And then I started working from home because the firm, at first the firm said, we really don't want you coming in. Then they said, don't come in. And then they said, we see you're still coming in, stop it. You're not allowed in. And then finally we were locked out and I couldn't work from home the way that I could in the office. So I really struggled for like the first month. Then I figured it out. So I got all the right technology and I got in the work right, the right work rhythm that I could do everything at home. So then when they said to come back, I was like, I really don't need to come back because now I have a new routine that works very well for me. And that helped me because all of a sudden I was home with my family at times that I was never home because I was gone for that block every single day. And I could, I figured out I could balance things in a different way and it was fine. And I want to take that same thinking and advance it another level and say, why can't I work from, you know, a beautiful place in the winter rather than be in Pittsburgh in the winter? And why can't I work from places I've never been and still keep going. And I believe I can now, and I just haven't. So the one thing I would encourage people to do is to, you know, a lot of people, they are, are maybe not as fixed as I was, but they're fixed in their habits and just do what you care to do because time is passing. Time isn't waiting for any of us. So we should get on with it. Those priorities that are so important to us, get on with it because before you know it, time will pass and you won't want to, or you won't be able to do it when the time finally comes that you free up to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, looking at us, this will be dropping the last, uh, at the very end of September, or, or right on the cusp of October. Here we are the last quarter of the year. Holidays are literally, um, uh, when the program starts, it'll be six weeks away. So I guess seven weeks out from now, Thanksgiving will hit, or the big, the, you know, seven, eight weeks from now. And, um, you know, like, wow, <laughs> here we are already coming up on another holiday season in that short amount of time. And then Zoom will be at the end of the year and then we'll be at 2023. I mean, it's still a whole quarter of the year, but because of the way our culture works and the, you know, how much happens with us, typically most people that are listening to me and then, and, and um, the holidays that we partake in and all this stuff and the end of year and all the end of year craziness that seems to to come about with schedules and school and work and and whatnot um there can be a lot of extra pressures and things too so i just um i timed the program to make sure that it would be done right before thanksgiving and thinking about some of this with everyone but uh i really would i i think he's absolutely right i mean time it is fleeting and it is it is our 
non-renewable resource. Can't get it back. You can lose money and make money. And I don't say that just flippantly. I mean, I've had a family with all sorts of ups and downs. If you know my story there, you can lose health. You can lose a lot of things that are horrible and time, you know, could be arguably the, the most valuable asset. I mean, it, it's definitely, we only get what we get. I totally agree. And the most important things to me don't cost a lot of money at all. You know, the, when I think of the experiences and the things I really enjoy, it's more, it's taking the time to do them. And then when I do take the time, I do enjoy them. So it's just trying to carve out that time from the other competing um, priorities, but I, it, there, it's time to get on with it if I can figure out a way. So when you said what's in the future, I'm going to try to find a way to model a different lifestyle that lets me still have the satisfaction I have with my work, but a little more flexibility in how I do it. I love that. I'll close by saying that I just, Jim, I remember you just, just telling me, I mean, just like, it really was something along the lines of what's going to make you happy, Cheris, what's going to bring you joy. And, and, um, that's the decision to go with. Well, I'm, I'm so happy to see you in your element because this is what you were born to do. And when we met, you were doing some activities that I think were weighing you down and you weren't yourself. And I think this is what you were meant to do. And I think you're going to do so much good for so many people, including me. So I'm very happy to, that you, you're doing this now. Thanks so much, Jim. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, Please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cheris Your Life, and my website is CherisYourLife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend Paul Suyelgis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast. <laughs>